the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 148 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. You can catch us on Twitter. I'm at Justin Hughes 365. Andrew is at AMCQ82. Our podcast Twitter account is at Baseball365Pod. We got a few more call-ups to discuss. Andrew and I are going to touch on a few of those here in a moment. I have a few him or him games to play with them, along with a few other players I feel like we haven't discussed much yet, or maybe that are in the news. And then we'll touch on some streaming pitchers for next week. And Andrew, well, I thought we'd get as we get you on here. I thought I'd just start with how we finished last week. It was the football season kicking off. How did your fantasy football teams do in week one? Uh, I went one and two. I have three teams. Is this the when was the last time you had only three teams? <laughs> Good question. Probably twenty years ago, maybe. <laughs> that just jumped Actually, out to me when last, you said one and two. Yeah, last year I I think I only had like five, maybe four or five. But yeah, three this year. What's the most you've ever had? Just guessing. Uh, probably 12, maybe, somewhere in there. 12 all the way down to 3. I've never I've, – I've got more baseball teams this year than I've ever had football. I know that. <laughs> uh, yes. Which I never thought – I actually didn't – I my thought on it always used to be that football is once a week. It's easier to manage so I can do more. Mm-hmm. And then I just realized how much more I love baseball than football, so at least for fantasy. Yeah. So I just kind of was, you know, I've gone one direction in one and the other direction in the other, I guess. When you've put when you put as much energy as you do into fantasy baseball, it's hard to mix that with football. I'm amazed at some of these guys that like work for NBC Sports Edge or some of these other people that actually manage to cover and write for both. I don't know yeah. how they do it. It's just as especially if you're as hardcore into it as people like you and I are. And these guys, I mean, they, they write about it for a living. And I just, I don't know how you do it, even with that being your job. Yeah, especially this time of year, because it's a lot for both, you know. So Yeah, I agree. All right, well, just like we've done for the, I think, the last three weeks in a row, we've got our weekly Jason Dominguez update. Uh, sat out this last Sunday with some arm soreness. Seemed like it wasn't much. And then a couple hours later, it sounded, or the reports came out that he had a torn UCL, and he had Tommy John surgery midweek. Sounds like he's going to be out till June or July this next year. Just a total bummer. Given, I mean, we were talking. I remember last week I asked you, "Is this guy a top hundred pick?" And now he's out for the first half of the season. Talk about the air getting taken out right there. Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. What can you do? You know, it happens, but def- definitely disappointing. Yeah, it sucks to lose just a young superstar. That I, I should. I'm over. I'm overstating that. A young, budding player who seemed to have superstar upside. It just sucks. But um, yeah, you know, in draft and holds, he's not going to be going in the top hundred anymore. He's not going to be going in the top two hundred. Like, do you have a guess on where you think? Have you thought spent much time thinking about where yet where he might be going if he's out of the first couple months? I mean, Bryce Harper 
wasn't he like, I didn't look this up, but I think he was like a 10, 15, 20th round. Isn't that some, somewhere in that range? I know that's a wide range, but. Harper was like maybe round 12, I want to yeah. say. That sounds. That but sounds he's not right. Harper. I mean, he's not Harper. Exactly. So I would say round 20 to 30, if I had to guess. Yeah. and But I think. I don't know. It depends some on reports, but I don't think it's going to be anything that anybody's really aggressive on because anytime you have a guy, no matter who it is, especially an, a guy that's largely unproven like this, when when you know automatically, like when the one known is that they're out for half the year, it's, I feel like those guys tend to fall throughout the offseason more than they kind of rise. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was even somewhere you were getting him in the late rounds, you know? What stinks, you know, if, you know, Bryce Harper, they always said he can come back and be a DH right off the bat. And Dominguez really, it's it's a harder path to that. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton is a leg injury, or like, just by, you know, if he could hit a home run and be trotting around the bases and still be a leg injury, like a leg injury is still possible for that guy. But if Stanton's healthy, there's like he's the DH. I don't think there's any way the Yankees are putting him in the outfield anymore. I haven't looked. Surely they haven't been playing Stanton at out at all out there this year, have they? Do you know? No, I don't believe so. <clears throat> um, I don't. I think one decent comp I'd be have to go back and look at where he was drafted exactly. But like Royce Lewis, yeah. As far as young guy that hasn't done a lot in the bigs but is a high-end prospect out for a chunk of the season but should be back at some point um in terms of just where royce was drafted you know coming into this season i i think dominguez could, i think it wasn't in, in around 20 to 30 somewhere in there I'm pulling, but i don't know offhand i'm pulling him up right now in a draft and hold league i know we were just talking about him before we started recording <laughs> yes. but i just thought of it because it's a it's a I think it's kind of a comparable situation. Yeah, I just pulled one random league real quick, and our buddy Ricky Yee owns him here, and he took him in the thirtieth round, pick three. You know, yeah, that, that was on March fourteenth. So yeah, yeah, I think that's comparable. Yeah, I think it's comparable. Yeah. Do you do, does he change much in your dynasty rank? Like, if you were thinking about his value, would you take him down at all from this, or it's more long term play, keep him right where he was? Maybe a little bit, but nothing crazy. I mean, if you're doing a startup like this off season and you liked him, obviously, you know, you may be able to get him cheaper than you could, but could have before this probably. I mean, you probably will be able to because who knows where he would have went this off season if he was healthy, you know, given what he was kind of doing, even in a small sample. But yeah, I think it's close to the same, maybe a little lower for me. I don't know exactly what number I would put it at, but okay, I, I I'm with you. Uh, like very little, but not much. So yeah. you and I need to make a commitment here right now. I think this is three or four straight weeks of Jason Dominguez talk. We are not going to even say his name next week, okay? All right. Deal. <laughs> All right. yeah, I'm the probably, one that makes you, the notes. It's we, my fault. We probably used up it for. We could not say it for a couple months, but. Yes, until we get to position previews, we should lay off of him. 
All right, so let's move on to uh, a fun one and involving your Cubbies. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong was called up by the Cubs in 107 minor league baseball games this year. He has hit 283 with an OBP in the 360s with 20 home runs and 37 stolen bases. That kind of shocked me, I got to say. I, I, don't, I have no shares. I haven't followed him closely. I was rather surprised to see those stats for him. How do you feel about PCA next year? For starters, do you do you do you feel confident that they'll they'll make a spot for him going into next year? How confident are you? I should say. Uh, as far as opening day, I'm not super confident, but I think it could be. Yeah, just depending how the end of the year and the off season goes, we'll see on that. But yeah, I definitely like him. I I've got some buddies that don't follow it as closely as me and kind of when we, I I've loved this trade. You know, I love this trade since oh, they, yeah. when they traded Baez for him, I was just raving about it. Everybody around here didn't like it because obviously he was an unknown to the casual fan at the time. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. And, um, the guy that I think of when I think of him is Michael Harris. I, that's like the type mm. of player that I think he can be. I, I actually said that to, one of my friends last year when he was just a little less familiar with him, he's like, what's this guy like? And that's just kind of the guy I think of. I mean, elite defense, um, not a crazy high walk guy, but, you know, I think he'll draw some walks, but he's just never been a really high walk guy in the minors. Um, kind of same age and level as Michael Harris. You know, they're just very similar players to me, power and speed and, yeah, I think he's a fun one. Elite defense will keep him in the lineup, and hopefully he doesn't go the way of, like, Jackie Bradley Jr. But. Man, Michael Harris. I've definitely undervalued this guy for a lot of the, the last couple of years whenever, you know, I've paid attention. I've always thought of him as better real life than fantasy, but if he's a Michael Harris type, I mean, Michael Harris this last year was a late second-round pick, and even whenever you and I were guessing the ADP, I think we had him, like, third-round pick. Yeah. He's a heck of a player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not obviously a lock that it's going to be that in the bigs, but I just think that there's similar paths in terms of like level of prospect and type of defender and hitter and, you know, speed and like kind of everything that goes into it. So we'll see if he converts as well. I mean, obviously, Michael Harris converted extremely well into the bigs, so no guarantees with PCA, but I feel pretty good about him. So I thought we'd play a him or him game with some other recent call-ups, and I think it's fun to use all these guys because none of these guys are guaranteed playing time next year. So if you're in the beginning of the offseason and you're doing a draft, a lot of these guys you're taking chances on. You don't know any of them if they're going to have playing time. So PCA, like against an Evan Carter, who are you taking first? Straight up? Yep. Uh, I think I'm taking PCA. Okay. What about Jordan Lawler? Not been playing well in this little in this first week. Yeah, I think that one's close. Okay. What about? Not sure. Uh, what do What do you think? Oh man. You got to answer some of these. No, I, <laughs> I like better asking you. <laughs> um. Jeez, they honestly. I think, I 
think we I can might, keep going. Yeah, keep going, Evan going. Carter and PCA feels very close. I think I'd take them both over Lawler. I think Lawler, I, I I could see him struggling for a little while to start off. I mean, I don't know. Uh, sit down, uh, Rafaela. Man, I yeah. like that kid. Yes, you do. I think that I think they're close. Yeah, okay. long term and short term, even. Yeah, some of this will just come down to who who has the spot carved out for them. But uh-huh. but we won't. Man, know I don't that. know. How, I don't know how Boston isn't like doesn't have a spot for Rafaela. He man, he's dynamite. What about Everson Pereira? I'd take PCA. My answer, and I agree with that one for sure. Um, my answer to the uh, like versus the other three in PCA is whichever one's going latest. Because I honestly yeah. think they're all so close that if one of them's going significantly behind the others, that's the one I want. Yeah, that's fair, and that's one thing I actually was kind of thinking about as we were going. You know, it's it's going to come down a lot to playing time, and which we won't know. So. Just take well, we, I mean, I don't know if I'd say we won't know, but it, it's harder to know early, I guess, in the offseason than it is right before. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I agree. Like, if one of them's going way later, then maybe go that route. But they're all fun and exciting, that's for sure. I think I like specifically, I feel like I'm a fan of Rafaela and Pete Armstrong compared to what I feel the consensus is, but maybe I'm off on that. I do like Pereira too. I just think he's a step behind them. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Moving on. we got Heston Kerstad. He was called up. Um, I don't, not really sure if he's going to be an everyday player. He sat in his first game. He did start on Friday night as we're recording, hit a home run, um, came back from a heart condition, jumped up prospect list this year. And he's in 122 games in the minors he had 21 home runs. His batting average was up over 300 on base, over 370. Um, I thought I'd start off just comparing him versus his team pay, teammate Colton Kowser. How about them both in terms of, um, well, for starters, yeah, no, let's just, in Dynasty, because Kowser most of this year has been higher, ranked higher, hasn't, didn't, had a pretty ugly run there at the beginning of his time in the majors. Him versus Kerstad, do you still have Kowser? Like, would you rather have Kowser over Kerstad straight up, or have those flipped for you? I think it's pretty close. I think uh, I think Kowser's more athletic, mm-hmm. so I would I would probably take take him, but I don't feel overly high on either one. I I agree that I think they're close. Kowser is more athletic, but I think Kerstad's got more juice in the bat. Like. Kowser has not hit as many home runs this year as like whenever you look at the season stats, it doesn't seem like he's hit as many as you would have imagined. And Kerstad has exploded on that end. So I think I actually would rather have Kerstad straight up, but I do agree that they're close. So putting those two, like you, you, you're saying Kowser slightly. Um, what about PCA versus Kerstad and I want to ask that one for, for next year and in Dynasty. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd take PCA over. In both both aspects? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Okay. Um, 
I only want to touch on one little news, other news bit that um, Ellie De La Cruz, you know, we've talked about him a lot, but I noticed he was hitting eighth the last few games he's played. He even sat a few games when a left-handed pitcher was starting. And I went and looked it up because I know, I know it had been ugly. But in the last 30 days, he's hit 163 with one home run and 10 steals. I mean, when we were talking and we were doing our mock draft, um, we had him, I think we both had him in the exact same slot or really close to, and he was a second round pick to us. And I think like at the time we were ahead on that. And then it seemed like others were catching up on this guy might go as a second round pick, but with how ugly it's been this last month, I'm starting to wonder if he's like going to be a sec, even like we had him in the beginning of the second and. I think it's falling right now. Uh, like, do you think, can you see yourself being in on him if this price just keeps dropping? Yeah, definitely. I kind of hope it does. Um, it's kind of, it's weird because this fresh into a career, it's just so like day by day, week by week, month mm-hmm. by month, like you're just kind of figuring it out. I mean, I remember when we took him, when we did that mock, I think you took him at like 19, 17 or 19, somewhere yeah, in there. that sounds right. And, in that range. And we were kind of talking about how it could go up, but it seemed high. And then I remember a week or two later seeing a tweet that he's a top five pick. <laughs> yep. And that kind of hit me in the face a little bit. And then now it seems like the market's cooled on him some, but to what degree, I don't know. I mean, it's only going to take one guy in your league to want him. I personally still think he's going to go somewhere in the second round, early part of the second round. But like, if you ask me in a week or two, I mean, it could be higher, lower. I mean, who knows? It's just, it's so fluid right now. It's hard to say, but I kind of, if I had to paint the perfect picture, I kind of just hope he struggles enough the rest of the way that there's negative narratives pushed enough that I can take him in a spot I'm comfortable taking him in because I just think the category juice is immense with him, especially home runs and stolen bases. And like we've seen other guys that aren't elite in OBP. Like Bobby Witt, I mean, it's just it's like mm-hmm. a perfect example. You know, he's he's not a good OBP guy, and his detractors will talk about like strikeouts and he doesn't walk. But here we are. I mean, he's whatever he is, a top five, six, seven pick. But um, I mean, I don't know why Ellie can't get there if Witt can. Oh, he can get there. We're I'm, I'm definitely not doubting that. But yeah. I I think he's going to be. Like, if I was guessing right now, his like if we were playing the guess the ADP, I would think he'd be going right near the 2-3 turn at this point. So maybe maybe early third round would be my guess. I'd love, I'd love to start my 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 team with Acuna and Ellie. I know that. <laughs> I, could, I mean, those two stay healthy, and I, I mean, you, do, you don't need to grab any more speed the rest of the draft with those yeah. two. That'd be wild. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to touch on a few him or him guys for him or him games that I was thinking of.
Drew. The first one I uh, decided to touch on here is a guy who's been in the news the last few days, and that is Max Scherzer, who is done for the regular season and likely the postseason too. He has a low-grade strain of the terius muscle and um, major muscle in his right shoulder. He will rest and rehab and be reevaluated in two weeks, but it sure sounds like he's done for the year. Um, I, I went and looked it up. He finished with 152 innings this year with a 3.77 ERA, 1.12 whip, 13-6 and six record. And he will be back with Texas next year. I forgot, but when he was traded to the Rangers, an, an option was exercised. I don't remember if it was by him or the team. So he will be a Texas Ranger next year. I went and looked. He was the 12th pitcher off board in NFBC drafts this last year. And um, Classe was in there, so that would make him the 11th starting pitcher. I would imagine that's dropping this next year. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll drop some. Wasn't, weren't you kind of in the boat uh, with him? And I might be getting him mixed up with somebody else. I guess we weren't recording podcasts, but... I thought we had talked and you were like, a, okay, like rather get out a year early than late. Was that, was this a guy you were kind of feeling that way about this year? I think I got, I think I drafted him once and I want to say, I want to say off the top of my head, I took him at the three, four turn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, with as many teams as I draft, I'm not, unless I'm just completely out on somebody, which I wasn't really with him. I I don't mind like taking one here or one mm-hmm. there, you know, like kind of mixing my shares up and then obviously I get a lot of who I really like and none of who I don't like at all, but uh he was kind of one that I wasn't targeting a ton, but I didn't mind where he was going, I guess. If you got him at the 3-4 turn, that's pretty much where his ADP was. I just looked it yeah. up. 46 was his ADP. Um so yeah, let's play a him or him game just See, I want to see where he lands. Um, so, starting off, I wanted to use Zach Wheeler. Who would you? Who do you think you right now you would take first between him or Wheeler? I would take Wheeler. I agree. What about Luis Castillo? Castillo. I agree. Zach Gallon. Gallon. I agree. Framber Valdez. Framber. I agree. And I think this one's the one where it starts to get interesting to me. Like, this is where I would pause and I'm not sure. What about George Kirby? Yeah, I think that one's close. Yeah. Um, it'll probably... Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. I was going to thought... say it'll... Well, what I was going to say is it'll probably just depend on as long as Max sounds like he's okay. I think I would probably take Max, but mostly for the strikeouts. Mm -hmm. But I do really like Kirby, too. So if I have any doubts with Max, I would just take Kirby. I think think it's close. I think I would go Kirby just because of the fact that Kirby's – I mean, let me look real quick. How many how many innings is Kirby's healthy and he's elite? Kirby's healthy and he's elite in whip. Exactly. So that that's like enough that if you just want to do that, it's fine. I mean, I I 
potentially would do that too. I, I think that's the closest one, I guess is what I'm getting at. Kirby's at 151 strikeouts right now this year in 165 innings. You know, he's probably going to throw another, what, 15, 20 innings the rest of the year. So maybe he gets to 160, 165. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think I'd rather have the ratios and the guy I, th- I feel more confident is going to throw more innings at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally fair. Okay. Um, the other guys keep, I had in there, I'll just keep throw. Keep going. Yeah, keep you know, going. Keep going. Logan Gilbert, who I feel like is him and George Kirby are kind of the same guy. I would take Scherzer over Gilbert. Okay. Um, what about Tyler Glass now? He's uh, not thrown a lot of innings. I I know we kind of mentioned it last week, but I think Glassnow is going. I think he's going higher than Kirby. I definitely think I would definitely take him over Scherzer. I th- like I, that's not it. That's not even a debate to me. And, and I hesitated last week about where I thought he would go, but I mean, I think I can make the argument for him over Max. I think. Yeah. Well, he's. Crazy thing to say here is he's healthy, <laughs> you know. Yep. Which I guess you got to factor that, but. Yep, I honestly think. Yeah, he's... I'm really, I'm really interested to see Glassnell's price, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be right there with the guys that that you named at the start of this. Like, Jeez. may maybe right behind him, but it's going to be really close. He's going to be right in there. I hate that just because I like I love Glassnell, but I, I don't know if I'll have shares. Maybe I'll change my mind as the off season goes. I could be wrong too. I, I just, I don't think that's going unnoticed. Like any of that, you know what he's doing. What about Joe Ryan versus Max? I'd take Max over Ryan and uh, your last guy, Chris, Chris Sale. Sale. Yeah. Okay. So, still a top hundred guy, likely, but he's moving back. I mean, he's not. He was at forty six, and that might yeah. be doubled. Yeah, I think I think it's close with like Gilbert Kirby. Max, I think Max will go like in that range, yeah. maybe at the top of that range too. But you know, maybe not. Just it's going to depend some on what the reports are and all that. But as long as it checks out and it's good, I think he'll be. I still think he'll be drafted high. Let's move on to Cody Bellinger um, with your Cubbies. Had a has had an amazing rebound season this year in 116 games played. He's hit 316 with a 358 on base, a 545 slug, and a 903 OPS. 25 home runs, 20 steals, 87 runs, 90 RBI. He is once again a five-category stud this year. First time in, I think it was 2019 that he was amazing. Is that does that sound about right? Yeah, that was his uh, MVP year, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I was playing Immaculate Grid today, and I think Dodgers MVP was one of them, and I was trying to th- remember if Cody Bellinger had won one, and I was thinking he did, but yeah. I wasn't certain on that. Yeah, 2019. Bellinger's going to get paid this winter. Um, Andrew, do you hope your Cubs lock him down, or are you nervous about the idea of doing something like that? I would say the best way I could put it is I'm more okay with it than I was like two or three months ago. Yeah, what so, changed? <laughs> I mean, just him continuing to play awesome. I mean, yeah, he's been great, and the more of that that you see, I mean, yeah, it just makes you feel better about it. But 
I'll probably always have like the little questions in the back of my head because of how long he was bad for. It was quite a while. It was. So, but he also, it's kind of one of those, it's kind of one of those I can, I think I can go either way. It'll probably depend on the contract. Wasn't one of his big struggles the last few years. And I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, like the high fastballs specifically. I know that was a Keston hero problem, but I think Bellinger might've had the same. Except- it sounds right. It sounds right, but I don't know for sure if, if that's right. I could be thinking of somebody else too, but I, that does sound right. Here, Keston Hira definitely had that problem, but I think Bellinger was another one. I'm trying to like quickly look in the Savant page because I thought they had a graph that showed like hot and cold zones. Maybe I'm wrong because I'm not seeing yeah, it. Yeah, they do. They've got there it, it is. There. I'm kind of wanting to look right now. 2023... Yeah, this would take me too long to figure out and look at, but um, because I'm seeing a whole lot of that, I've got I'd have to look into this a little more. But good for him. I I honestly think he'd be a good investment too. Like I I'm with you that I I would love to see a team. Like if I was a Cubs fan, I'd love to see him get locked down. So he's gonna get paid, and he's gonna go a lot higher in drafts this year. Um, I thought we'd do a him or him game with him versus some. Other pretty good outfielders, and I'm going to start off with Michael Harris, who we just talked about last segment. Are you kind of like with this? Is this like who I would take or who I think is going to go higher? Um, you can answer both, but it's more who you'd take for just next year, right? Yes, I would take Harris. I think I agree there. What about Luis Robert? Robert. Man, I think I'd go Bellinger there. But I, I, I think I just I think I always hate Robert more than the, the rest of the rest. Well see, here's see, I, I think Robert's gonna go higher. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily saying that I wouldn't rather have Bellinger at cost. I just think Robert's ADP is gonna be higher. Yeah. Maybe that's wrong. It it could be wrong. Um but yeah. straight up, you'd rather have Robert over Bellinger. Yes. I think I'd go Bellinger there. What about Adolis Garcia? I think that one's closer. Okay. And Adolis yeah, I think that one's closer. Year. I mean, that, that makes Bellinger, what, a third, fourth-round pick? Is that about where you think Adolis will be going? Yeah, it sounds right. What is he at? 34 and 8. I was just pulling up the dolls. Yeah, and he's hurt now. I don't I don't know if he's how serious the injury is, but he may be done for the season. Yeah, I think they'll go in a similar range. I I could probably go either way on that. I would probably just take the guy that went later. Yeah, I agree, and I think I'd probably I I'm with you on that one. Okay, we'll move on to Spencer Steer. This is an interesting one as I dug into him. Um, This guy's going to have eligibility at first, third, and outfield next year. And he's played 15 games at second base. I don't know if he's been playing there much recently. Probably, I'm assuming, not going to get to 20. But, you know, if he plays 10, he could be actually at one point next year, first, second, third, and outfield eligible like he is right now. 
Um, season stats and 143 games played. He's hit 265 with a 354 on base, a 449 slugged. So that's his triple slash with 21 home runs, 14 steals, 67 runs, and 79 RBI. This guy is going to be one of those Swiss Army knives for people. Like, I know you've talked a lot about getting the multi-position eligibility guys just because it adds so much flexibility. Do you like before we get into this him or him game with all that position eligibility? Do you think you'd be you're going to be in going after Steer this offseason in those draft and holds? Possibly. Um, I I kind of. I kind of do feel like this season is pushing like the limit of what he can do. I don't know if mm-hmm. I see him getting, I don't, I don't know if I really see him getting a lot better. Uh, I mean, he's played every game basically. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just feels like the top end, like the high end to me. But I also think that he could be, fairly cheap because of that i mean cheap compared to what somebody else that put that lineup maybe is i mean the eligibility will bump him up some but i don't think it's going to bump him up too crazy so so hearing just just depends hearing you say that makes me think of the reds and how much depth they have on the rise and with those guys coming up and like if you're not performing, it's easier on a team like that or Baltimore, like we were talking about with Kerstad and Kowser and all those players they have, that if you're not performing, you can get moved into a bench role real quick. Yeah. The only thing, though, with Steer is he's versatile enough mm-hmm. that he's – I don't think he's going to probably lose a spot after a year like this that's been pretty productive, unless he's just really, really bad. But. Mm-hmm. I always feel like that defensive versatility can help can like bail you out or or extend your leash, you know, stuff like that. So I think he has that. And I do think he's intriguing, but there's a little part of me that's kinda like this is a little out of nowhere. Um and just the fact that he it's taken him every single game to get to these numbers. In Cincinnati, too. I'm kind of just like, I just wonder what it's like if it's 20% less next year. Or it just falls off just a, even a little bit, you know? Yeah. But. So the I kind of imagine the most drafted position that he'll be put at where he's drafted is going to be third base or a corner. And I thought I'd just do for, do a him or him against some other third baseman. And after hearing you talk, I, I have a feeling he might be at the bottom of this list. But also he's got more multi-position eligibility than all these guys. Uh, Manny Machado coming off of a down year. Yeah, Machado. Arenado. Arenado. Gunner. Gunner. Yeah, he's been awesome. Yeah, we're not. I don't think these I, are even. I think I've shot too high. I don't even high. think they're close. Let me see yeah, I think they're. I don't think they're close. Let me see if I can scroll down real quick. Gunner, man, Gunner's going to go high. Whew. I think he's going to go is. high. Moving down, let's. I'm trying to find some names that were like Josh Young. I think that the other two you have there aren't too bad. Okay, Max Muncy. Yeah, see, that's one I've always liked Muncy, mm-hmm. but I'll admit 
a lot of it is because I know he's secure with the walks, uh, but he isn't giving you any steals. Nope. Steer is. And Muncie, I believe, is going to be third base only. I was just looking that up to find out. Yeah, I'm pretty positive Muncie's only played third base. So, because I, ha- I have a lot of them, so I've looked at it. And, and then, you know, batting average, Muncie's typically hurting you. So, I think that one's closer. Yeah. Wow, I, he has literally not played an inning anywhere but third base or DH. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, I think that one's pretty close. Okay. I, I, I think Muncy may go higher, but not by much. I think it's close. What about Matt Chapman? I think Steer goes ahead of Chapman. Yeah, I think so too. Think. Yeah, just the. Chapman's been hurt. Chapman was actually really good early in the season, yep. and it feels it feels like he hasn't done anything since like April, almost at least to me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I've said, I like taking guys like Steer or guys, you know, just with that eligibility because it frees you up in the rounds after that to take whatever position, especially if it's positions that you don't love, like, let's say it, you know, obviously what did you say? He was first, third outfield and could get second. Yes. But if you, if you don't like, let's just say he gets second and you don't like second and third, that was a lot of why I liked Muncie this year. I didn't like second or third. I liked Muncie. And then I knew once I took Muncie, I could take either one after that. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't have to like, pigeonhole myself into one position that I hated and watch guys go off the board. And then me just be, you know, I, it just, your flexibility goes through the roof when you take a guy like that. So I may be in on him. I just have a few of these questions in the back of my head is all. I think I'm going to be making more of a concerted effort this off season to get more of these multi-position guys than I have in years past, especially because it allows you to take more pitchers. Yeah, it does. And the other thing to do, too, is not only – or the other thing to think about, I should say, is not only is it the eligibility they have at the draft table, but if you know that somebody is going to play a position – you know, like Bryce Harper, for example. I mean, he's he's obviously a stud, but he's only going to have first base. Mm -hmm. But you all – like – assuming he's going to play outfield next season for sure then you know that i mean harper's a an obvious one but i'm just saying that there's other guys like that where you can see them playing a certain position and gaining that eligibility in season i mean there's been a lot of guys that have gained eligibility in season that we would have never even thought so you don't want to completely lean on that but it is nice to have it like to know you have it in your back pocket for the whole season because it just adds to the flexibility of your roster. And yeah. it, it's huge, especially in a draft and hold. But even in even in these fab leagues, like on NFBC, like my main event and stuff where there's like the shallow bench, you know, seven-man bench, there's no IL. And if you want to stash a guy, then you're down to a six-man bench if you have any stash. And it's nice having guys – like I have a ton of eligibility on some of my teams – like with Mookie and Muncie and Paredes and just I have guys like that. And 
I feel like I'm always just playing my best hitters. I don't even really think about position. I'm just plugging them in because they qualify so many spots that I don't really have to worry about being totally, you know, I have to put this guy there, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it makes it's, sense. It's nice. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back with some pitching streamers before we get out of here. Andrew John Means is back. As I looked Friday morning, he's 48% owned. And to repeat, as I usually do, the, all these players are under 50% owned on Fantrax leagues. So John Means qualifies here. Maybe his one time he will. Uh, first start back, he went five innings. He gave up five hits, no walks, three runs, only one strikeout. He, along with so many other pitchers, this is a this next week. There's a lot of seven game weeks for teams because as I was looking through the pitching schedules, I noticed there were not many of those boxes that showed off days. So there's a that means there's a lot of two start pitchers, and I have a lot of two start pitchers to list here. And means is the first one. He has a two start week going at Houston on Monday and at Cleveland later in the week. And as I said, seven game week for Baltimore so because he pitches Monday he's likely not in danger of losing a start if a rainout happens and I'm going to start with him versus Christopher Sanchez a guy we've talked about a few times on this on these segments he's 48% owned but he has at Atlanta with his first start and then home the Mets Uh, he pitched against Atlanta this week uh, on the 13th and he went seven and a third with eight hits one walk four runs and 10 strikeouts and he gets to play them again and then the Mets and just uh, looking at Sanchez's recent history last 30 days he's 3.41 is his ERA with a 1.13 whip basically a strikeout per inning so means just coming back or Sanchez both with a tough first start and then a softer second one and anytime I see at Atlanta <laughs> I I just want to run for the Shutter. hills. Yeah, it's like the number of pitchers I'm comfortable with that is a small list, and Christopher Sanchez is definitely not on it. Uh, I would take means of those two, but his matchups aren't the best either. No. I think I think with these two start guys – if you're using them, it's because you're trying to compile wins and Ks. Because obviously at this point in the season, your ERA and whip don't move as much. <clears throat> so something to think about. But if you're more locked in and wins and Ks, then you know, maybe you're maybe you're using like a reliever or something to just not torture ratios. I kind of have to watch that stuff and go with what you think, but I would probably take the one that I thought had a better shot at a win or two wins, and I think that's means. You know, I have eight pitchers we're about to list through, and seven of them are two-start pitchers, and it wasn't because I was even looking for all these two-start pitchers. Just the single-start ones did not look pretty. So we have a lot of that going through here. And next up is Paul Paul Blackburn. Um, 
He's 45% owned, been decent in his last 30 days with a 3.3 ERA, 1.5 whip though, so that's not great. Uh, home Seattle, home Detroit, his last two starts weren't good, but they were against Houston and Texas. How would you rate Blackburn between him and Means? I think I would go with Blackburn. All right, so there we go. Blackburn, but mostly, most, mostly matchups. just because, yeah, mostly just because home and um, if you need wins, he's probably not the answer, but <laughs> he could maybe scrape one. And yeah, I just think the matchup difference is huge, and the difference in pitchers here isn't. So yeah, I agree, especially for the wins. I'd want means. Um, next up is Cutter Crawford, forty-four percent owned at Texas, and then home White Sox. He's continued struggling as ERA's over six for his last 14 and 30 days, though his start this last week against the Yankees was better. Only gave up three hits, three walks, one run, and seven strikeouts, though wasn't efficient. He only went four and two-thirds innings. How would you rate Cutter Crawford versus, like, a Paul Blackburn? At Texas and home White Sox? Yep. You'd say? Yep. Yeah, I would go with, uh, I'd stick with Blackburn because of the matchups. I agree. Though anybody who can get home White Sox sure is a nice looking second start there. Yes, yeah, it is. But at Texas. All right, the guy who always seems like he's in here, Reese Olson, 44% owned. Um, what does he have to do to get up over 50%? I put in the notes two earned runs allowed or less in his last four starts. He's got a two start week at LA Dodgers, which isn't pretty, but then at Oakland for the second one. So Reese Olson or Paul Blackburn? I wonder if that if that Oakland one is against Blackburn. <laughs> Might be very possible. Yeah. Um, I think that's close because usually if I see a two start week with a pitcher that I'm okay with, you know, obviously it's all given the context of what's available on the wire, which usually isn't the greatest, but I think Reese Olsen should probably be owned in most in more leagues than this for sure. And if one of the matchups is against Oakland, I'd probably pull the trigger, but that Dodger one's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. But these pitchers are scary period. So (laughs) him or Blackburn, I think probably pretty close. I agree. Those two are really close, and I think if I owned them both, I would probably change them back and forth ten times this weekend if I was to look. Yeah, yeah. The one one thing that I always – I don't know if you ever think of this, but I always think of it when it's a two-start. I usually, if it's really, really close and I can't decide, I look more at the first start. And the reason I say that is because – By the end of the week, there could have been a rainout or two. There could have been an injury. And like the second, the second start isn't as sure as the first one, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You've mentioned that here. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a very good point. I just, especially when it's like, uh, the second start is going to be on Sunday. Yep. Because then all it takes is one day that gets pushed back and, you're not even looking at that start. So, for example, like if if Reese Olsen's first start was Oakland, I'd probably favor him. 
Yeah, it would swing. And then I'd and then I'd hope that the Dodgers start just got <laughs> rained out. Or, or I'll take the ratio. Yeah, or just push back to the following week, something like that. All right, next up is Adrian Hauser, 25% owned at St. Louis, at Miami. Three earned runs allowed or less in three of his last four starts with 20 strikeouts in 17 innings during that stretch. Two good matchups right there, even though, you know, the Cardinals have hit better as of late, but, you know, they're still a bad team. What about him versus Yeah, I think if you need wins, I would definitely consider him. Um, And if not, I, I probably wouldn't. I don't like him as much as the other pitchers, but the matchups are pretty decent. Obviously, the team's decent. So, yeah, I, I'd consider it if you needed wins. If you need wins, taking a Cardinal pitcher is probably not what you should do. And next up is Drew Rom, who's 10% <laughs> owned. He did pitch well at Baltimore on Wednesday, five and, two, five and a third, two hits, three walks, no runs, seven strikeouts. Two-start week, home Milwaukee, and then at Saint San Diego. He's probably not. Yeah, I don't. Guys. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. I saw that start the other day, and I was pretty surprised that he pitched like that at Baltimore. That's his former team. Yep. Wasn't Which trade was he? Was, that was uh, a trade, right? trade, Yeah, the, that was a Flaherty one. Yeah, yeah. Or was he, was in, Bo- to was he in Toronto? No, he was no, in Baltimore. No, he was Baltimore, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was Baltimore, yeah. I knew he was Baltimore. I just was for, like blanking on who they traded. Yeah, Flaherty, yeah. Which I don't um, think Jack Flaherty has not been that good for them, I don't think. It seems I would, like every uh, time I look, he's getting hit. I don't think I'd consider Rom. I agree. Two starts is just too much. It's just too much volatility. I wouldn't do it. We only have one single start pitcher and that is Ken Waldachuk who is 35 34% owned and I was surprised he's been pretty good this last month in five appearances he's had thrown 26 and two-thirds innings 1.69 ERA 1.05 whip he's thrown six shutout innings in each of his last two starts against Houston and Toronto last time he's given up more than two runs was August 1st when he gave up four to the Dodgers and he's home Detroit. I think you could make a good argument, especially if you're trying to just get ratios. This would be the guy to go with here. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that if if you don't want the ratio volatility, I've, obviously you can always plug in relievers for that. But I think of these guys, considering they're really all capable of getting blown up in any given start. I think it. Home Detroit, one start is pretty safe, especially for a guy that's had a string of a few good starts. So, yeah, I I don't mind that option at all. I was not expecting that. Like, a lot of those times when I see a matchup that I'm like, okay, that's a soft matchup, I'll click their name just to see how they've been lately to see if there's something. Yeah. I was not expecting that when I tapped Clinton Waldachuk's name that I was going to be listing him here, but... Yeah, he's been really good lately. So, yeah, I think I'd roll the dice on him. I think unless I really was just desperately needing wins and strikeouts, I think that's my guy I'm going with on this list. Yeah, usually if – I mean, I try really hard to not have to decide from guys that are on, like, listed here mostly. But um, I think, you know, it it can help if you have – extra pitchers on your bench you try to like manage your depth so you don't have to deal with 
some of this, but sometimes you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like anytime there's a pitcher that is had a a few good starts in a row, um, doesn't even have to be many, but just showing something good, and they've got a soft matchup. I'm I'm good with that. Like I'm I'm willing to throw them out there, and if I get burned once, then it happens. You know, obviously, yeah, it, it'll it happens, it, and it can happen like at any point. But um, that's the time you want to use them, as opposed to like, oh, now I'll just throw them against Houston or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it. It's crazy, you know. At this point, we have two weeks of baseball left pretty much as we get through this weekend we're talking about streamers for next week and there's only one more week after this next week it's it's, that's right isn't it so i was thinking Uh, it's next it's last it's next week yeah this weekend and then two weeks jeez yeah it's going quick man at at like a we're the final stretch is here and um yeah two more two more fab runs essentially this weekend and next weekend I didn't even prepare you for this, but I'm sure you can pull it up real quick. You know, as we're getting ready to get out of here, two weeks left. Um, where where are you at with your main event team? How are you? How is it looking? I'm in second right now. It's it's really close. It's I'm uh, currently the leaders at 111. I'm at 106, so I'm five back. And third is at 105. And then fourth and fifth are at 99, 98 and a half. But, I mean, I think within the last two days, maybe the last three days, I've been within like a point of first. And I've also been within like a point of fourth. Wow. So it's tight. Yeah. The the exact amount of points, like at any given moment, it's, I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but it is because it's almost like you can just flip. It's just flipping, you know. It's it's really tight. Kind of think of like RM two. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's honestly kind of like that. It's just one hot day, one stretch. Like I need some saves. Like I've got, I've got uh, a hater. Surprising Mo- to hear that. Well, I've got Hater Munoz and Tyler Kinley in there uh-huh. this week, and I'm. There's two there's two teams with one more save than me. Then there's a, a team with one save more than that. I mean, I've just got points. Like a few saves. If I have like a a four save weekend or something, I could gain like three points right there. So just stuff like that. It's it's close. I can definitely gain in saves and um batting average is ridiculous. Like it's Tight. it's <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come down a lot to that. So you know, you're five back right now. Like what's the most you think you could move up from this one Oh six? Like what, like you might, I play this game when I'm competing to where I'm like, okay, if everything broke right, I could finish with like 114 points or something like that. Well, batting average alone, I can probably move up five points. That's just eight. in batting average. So that's eight between that and saves that could happen. And then, and then we're not, uh, we're also not counting like where they could fall. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's still wide open. 
how about that overall? Because if I recall right, you told me like forty of the top forty pay out. Is that still realistic? I think it's thirty-one. Okay, I want to say. Um, probably not. No, I think I'm in like the sixties. Oh so. man, that stinks. But you've probably had a not, heck of a run. Yes, I'm in sixty-eighth right now. But that's a little fluid too. But it's getting a little more like where it's not changing as much. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it just gets more locked in as you move on, move through the year. But, but yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been fun following. Fighting all the way to the end, you know. Yeah, get your. I mean, even getting like I've got nine. I've got nine fab dollars left for the last <laughs> two two periods, but it mostly doesn't matter. There's there's uh, I think like five teams with more than me. I mean, I, there's no <laughs> nobody nobody has anything left. So. What's the top team have? Like thirty, one ninety two, and then thirty eight. And then 15, 11, 10, 9, 9, 9, 3, 3, 2, 1, 0, 0, 0. Okay, so that guy with 192, he's the guy in a fantasy football auction. Yeah, yeah. Who right, right. <laughs> basically, yeah, you go out there and bid the, 39 on anybody. The guy in first has two, and the guy in third has one. And I have nine. Remind so. me, can you make $0 bids? No. Oh, can't. Gee. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've been real careful these last few periods. Like, exactly who do I want? How much do, who do I want to block from getting them? How much do I need them? Like, all these things, you know. I think you told it's me you picked crazy, up Law- but... Jordan Lawler last weekend. How, that was the leak, right? Yeah. How yeah, much I did picked you up get Lawler. Because I know you got him cheap. Uh, it was like 10 or 11 bucks, I think. Yeah. Something like okay. that. Well, he did. But, like, all it's so, it's so different because all the bids are just. It's like the, I mean, nobody has any money. You know, I, I've kind of learned the more I've played this, these leagues that early in the season, like Jordan Lawler comes up, he's going for like 300, mm-hmm. 400, you know, it just, it would have been stupid. I mean, when I got Bybee, it was whatever it was, 330, I think I got him for something like that. And then, but like if Bybee came up now, or even like if Bybee came up two or three weeks ago, it would have been. Five, ten, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, maybe. You know, it's just the the bids just shrink because everybody has less money. And obviously you can save it and outbid everybody at the end, but you've also spent a huge chunk of the season without that player. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of learned that's just it's not the way to do it. You want to get these guys and have a chance to have them for the whole year. You so know, this room and you just you just shrink your bids at the end, you know. It reminds me a lot of an auction. I mean, we just finished doing our fantasy football auction. I've do I've done a lot of baseball auctions. And like in this football one, Mac Jones went for $18. And then these quarterbacks started going a lot later for like a lot less just because of when they when they came out in the in the auction, everybody had less money. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the guy who took Mac Jones, he was saying, "Man, I wish I had known that had the prices like this were dropping because I think I took Stafford for two dollars less, and had they been flipped, that would have probably been a four or five to one ratio for where they went for. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I'm overstating it, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of similar. It's just, it's just funny how much the differences are with 
call-ups and stuff now because they're just obviously not making as much of an impact. I mean, I knew even when I picked up Lawler, like he's probably not going to make an impact for me, but there's a good chance he isn't. But there's also like not a lot I need really. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I did, I did lose um, McLean. I've had a couple little injuries. Like I just lost Siri, so I'm going to drop him. And Solaire went on the IL, but um, so yeah, like those guys are going to get picked up, like Lawler and you know Kierstad will get picked up this weekend, I'm sure. But it, the winning bid is probably going to be like you know five six bucks something like that i mean it's just who knows just the, how it is the guy with 192 could bid uh, <laughs> yeah. if you said if you said second place has 30 some on he could bid 38 30, yeah. yeah 39 bid 39 and a half and yeah <laughs> just to say you didn't waste it yep all right well i guess i need to be cheering for some saves out of munoz who was the other two closers hater munoz and tyler kinley who's been getting uh he's gotten a couple saves for the rockies okay Hater Munoz, Tyler Kinley do not get blown up. <laughs> Just got to yep. say that about him. So that's something we I'll be cheering for for the next week. And I definitely need to ask you again a week from now as we're in this home stretch. And, man, you've had a heck of a year, and I wish you the best of luck here. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's It's been fun. Yeah, getting this podcast back going has been fun too. So It's been a blast. And we've managed to follow through on what we wanted to do. I mean, we've got we've still got one more week of the season left, but I don't know if I guessed. I really believed we would have done an an episode every week all the way through this, and it's been a blast. And yeah, we got one more left to do for the end season, and then it'll all be off season. <laughs> then we get a yeah. I mean, we're pretty much doing it now, anyways. We're it's wild. About- I it's it's wild because I I love the off season. And just like taking the time to prep and think and evaluate, but man, I love this season more. Yeah, you know, I just this like if I had to pick, I love the season more. But drafting is fun, and I'll be drafting all off season, so I guess that's good. Which is going to give us plenty to talk about. Yeah. All right, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about a little more before we get our for that final home stretch. And until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, We would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 